Parental discretion is advised. On this week of the Wrestling Mayhem Show, we talked to veteran Ebert, co-writer for Mad Dogs, Midgets, and Screwjobs. We talk indie wrestling news, we have some bad accents, we talk about small memorable moments in wrestling, faces being dicks, and dicks on faces. All this and more, Wrestling Mayhem Show. Just Hey guys, it's the Wrestling Mayhem Show. It's episode 368. We're ready to get mayhemy. We're ready to get wrestling with you. Wait, that sounds a little dirty. Uh, but we're going to have a nice, clean conversation with our guest tonight. Uh, one of the co-authors of Mad Dogs, Midgets, and Screwjobs. Um, I think that everybody on this show, everybody on this show, has an interest in at least one of those three things uh, coming straight at us yeah. from the French Quarter of Canada. Oh, French Quarter oh, is that right? Wait, is it a French oh, Quarter? Are they? Am I thinking New Orleans? They're called provinces. Oh, <laughs> well, I know they're called provinces. I took French. <laughs> I took some French. Uh, anyways, uh, so. <laughs> Uh, this is Wrestling Mayhem Show, where we talk wrestling, we like to fan it up, we like to kick back and enjoy wrestling as it should be. We try so hard not to get smart marky with you, we try so hard not to tell you how it is, but we like to just talk about wrestling, have fun. Just some good friends talking about wrestling. And one of my good and friends wrestling. has come back to the show. Chachi, at Chachi says on Twitter, is back. I'm back, bitches! Um... And I, I listened to the show while I was gone, um, and I have some comments. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, Riz? Yes? Uh, you did a good job. Thank you. Uh, Bobby? You did yeah. a good job. Uh, Sorg? I did a good job. You did a wonderful job, as always, sir. Oh, thank you. Um, good. And Lunchbox isn't here, um, but he also he also did a great job. Okay. And all the fans that email and voicemailed in uh, PPC and AJ, uh, all on form. Uh, how, about, how about the guys in the chat? Russell fan? The guys Fuck the chat? you! You are the downfall oh. of the show. I missed you so much, Chachi. I know, I'm sorry. I couldn't help it. I was going <laughs> to send... Show, I was gonna send show, you know, I, I went through the weeks and I was like... You know, I'm missing something. And I <laughs> well, couldn't put my finger. The thing is, if you think I about it, okay. First off, I was gonna say that all on Twitter, but that was much longer than 140 characters. <laughs> oh, no, that um, so it, it wouldn't have fit. Um, but if you actually go back and look at my Twitter feed in your with your, interacting with you, um, you'll notice that even on Twitter. I was nicer than you. Nicer to you. And than you. Let's be, let's be fair. Mm. So, I mean, me not being on the show actually helped improve your uh, your overall quality of life. It kind of <laughs> did. I, um, I, don't, I don't want to be that guy, but it kind of did. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Uh, too bad that's over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wrestle fan from San Antonio, Texas. Bobby F.J. Town from Johnstown. Join us by Google Hangout as I'm in a glass. I'm in a hangout of emotions. <laughs> yes, Skype is uh, is still giving us issues, uh, and of course, the Riz from out hi. east in here in Pittsburgh. Hi, Sorg. Hi, and of course, I'm hi, here. Hi, 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 everybody. Hi, hi. Except like for, I said, except for uh, you know, hi everybody else. 
Uh, of course, this is your Wrestling Mayhem Show. Uh, you can drop us a line. Hey, we're at WrestlingMayhemShow.com, so you can get all your mayhemming on, all the links and everything to all the stuff I'm about to talk about, like the iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, Blip TV, Roku, and YouTube ways you can watch or listen to us. Uh, you can also drop us a line at that email address. Good times. That's good times at WrestlingMayhemShow.com. 412-206-WMS0 or drop a line. Oh, hey, get by the app. By the app. Uh, By the app. Uh, WMS Gold, Wrestling Mayhem Show Gold on your Amazon app stores and your iTunes, iOS app store as well. uh, For every size of device you may have. There it is. Quick links plus bonus footage of us talking about things that may or may not be wrestling. No improv tonight. No improv. Wrestle fan, you need to do an improv with Bobby. Unfast isn't here. But no. I think we should carry it on. I think, uh, Bobby, maybe you should do an improv with him on, on break. I can do an improv. Okay, I we'll do that. We'll do that. that on break there after the, after we do the minute. Uh, anyways, but yeah, hey, let's talk wrestling the only way we know how. Let's start with the fan mail, of which I believe we have a good deal tonight. We do. So you let's start Latin? Let's start Latin. We're going to go up north later. Let's go down south. For the Latin heat, sir. Yeah, sword wants to go down south. It's not a metaphor for anything. (laughs) Nothing! Hola, amigos! Hola! By the way, I just took my uh, Spanish final about uh, a couple days ago, so let's see how this goes. You failed miserably. (laughs) Eh. Es mi! Es mi! Es el gran azul! Yo tengo una historia para ti. Lucha amigos, mayhem! Wow. There's some hmm. fluency in there. Yeah. You practice. I don't this. know where that came from. Tengo un pelo llamado pe- Pedro. Que ha estado sintiendo muy deprima últimamente. <laughs> oh. Yeah, it got. I started to hot. ¿Conoces la historia de Phil Amigo? Fue casi en ese punto. Estaba preocupado de que podría necesitar para ponerlo abajo. Pero el veterinario sugirió conseguir algo que está inter- interesado por... That's not a... That's gotta be a typo. <laughs> Resulta que es un fanático de la lucha. También. Así que le compré un color Randy Orton. Se combina con pla- placas de identificaciones. Ahora en lugar de tener que poner al perro a dormir, el perro me pone a dormir. ¡Ole! ¡Ole! Wait, WrestleFan, WrestleFan, I want you to say identification again in Spanish. Identificaciones. That's right. That's right. He's really making these, like, these are legit run on sentences, so it's really making it difficult. I would like to read the translate. Go ahead, read the translate. Hello, friends. It's me. It's me. It's El Granizol. Put some fucking oomph in it, Jesus. Shut up. I have a story for you, Wrestling Mayhem friends. I have a dog named Pedro. (laughs) Who's really, who's been feeling really depressed lately. What the hell? You know the story of Old Yeller? He was nearly at that point. I was worried I might need to put him down. Why did you read this happy? Russell fan? I but, but but the veterinarian veteran veterinarian suggested getting something he's interested in. It turns out he's a wrestling fan too. <laughs> so I bought him 
a Randy Orton collar with matching dog tags. Now, instead of having to put the dog to sleep, the dog puts me to sleep. Ole. Ole! Ole. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> That's a great job, Russell fan. You only, That's fucking heavy. You only know one gear when it comes to speaking Spanish, don't you? Have you ever t- have you ever seen a solemn Spanish person? Yes. Plenty uh, of times. Only when they're taking a siesta. <laughs> oh. oh. They don't talk when they're... T- uh. <laughs> I give up. Uh, let's break this up with just a random voicemail from uh, DJ Lunchbox. Uh, we can do that now. Because it's important. It sets up the no. Hey, guys, I got a new soundboard. So hopefully we'll be able to like do these every week now. Oh, oh, wow. This is a quick one. This is a quick one. Holy shit. Uh, and if my computer cooperates. Here we go. From LB, who is, uh, of course, missing. Maybe. Bo fucking diggity. <laughs> it's not Bo fucking diggity. Swerve! <laughs> Who is he? Oh, Vince Russo? Oh my god. Fucking voicemail for the Wrestling Mayhem show. It's like when Hogan turned on Macho. Hey guys. Man. I said everything important that I needed to say in my email. I talked about the moment. Rest in peace. We should have read the email first. Well, questions. no, because hold on. And we'll get to that. But I want to lay down some quick ground rules. Riz is yeah. the surrogate lunchbox for the evening. What? Riz has duties to perform. <laughs> duties. Riz has got to read my email. Riz has got to do a Russian accent for at least a portion of Big to C. Riz has got to say wildly inappropriate things. <laughs> Not quite offensive, but fucking weird. But P. Riz. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. This is a big job, my friend. If you fuck it up, you know what's going to happen. Oh, no. Rectal bleeding. Don't eat the Vaseline! <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> what the fuck? He said, don't need the Vaseline or don't eat the Vaseline? I think, think Lunchbox is drunk at uh, I, 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, so you have big shoes to fill. Well, I, well, I, I, I don't know. Shoes to fill. I, I have the rest, sh- but again, the 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 Google translation is amazing because it starts with alone Lou, both bat two T's. Uh, it's not hello in pig, and you can imagine where it goes from there. I have his um, email up. You have his email up. Should, should I read well, his Riz email? has been. No, no, fuck that. that. I'm, I'm reading no, this wait, email. No, wait, no. No, 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 no. Good no, no. evening to my fellow no, no. Wait, race them to it. Race them to it, Riz. <laughs> Mayhem Americans. I apologize for my unavoidable absence. Race them to it. But there was a brief but intense squid attack on the Sophie Maslow Memorial. Night. Three rivers Memorial beach. underground no. underwater lair. No. Three more I men were killed. The worst idea ever. <laughs> including yeah, Signor Galileo Galilei, my Molstrometer, and... Mr. McHenry tunnels up my mole butler or mole maid for the insensitive. Go ahead. That part. Yeah. Either way, it it's a hell of a mess. And now I now have to clean up myself. And then there's the the mole feast where we devour the recently departed in celebration, and also in attempt to gain their powers. Better night vision. And plus one to digging. Here I come. <laughs> that being said, <laughs> I would like to present a series 
of both thought-provoking and amusing questions to get my cohort's gums a-flapping. Ready? Too fucking bad. Here we go. One. What portion of the fan base does the Brock Lesnar Triple H business business appeal appeal to? Uh, People that watched him in MMA. Anybody else? People that give a shit about Triple H. Uh, seven-year-olds. Bobby? Kirk, Kirk. Oh, Bobby. <laughs> Bobby? <laughs> He's back. Bobby. I, my, my computer, my computer uh, was trying to do too much at once. Apparently, apparently. Bobby, what do you think about this? <laughs> but, what are you uh, talking about? I, okay, next question. Do you miss the cruiserweights? Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, what? yes. And second part. Would there yeah. be? Would there still be a place for them in the today's WWE universe? No, no, no. I, I, I'll say I don't because you know I think so. the weight limits in wrestling. I think, and especially in WWE, are so you know different than they used to be. Now mm-hmm. that you know, you don't really need cruiserweights. No, you know what? You know what? They do need cruiserweights to be Mark Henry's bitch. Oh, that's true. Okay, okay. What about you, Bobby? <laughs> well, uh, I. I th- I think I would welcome back cruiserweights. Yeah, yeah. Um, you got a lot of like the younger, talented guys coming up that you know uh, need their own division. I'd say like Evan Bourne, who hasn't come back yet. Um, Sin Cara, you know, give him a title and let him run with it. Hmm? Hmm. No, I disagree because that's just a ni- no? another title for WWE to WWE to ignore. Hmm. Hmm. Like it, it, it's it really. Just, you could you could you could do this in the intercontinental or the U.S. title series, right? Right. right. Uh, unfortunately, with the yeah. way the WWE has transcended recently, there's absolutely no reason to bring back the cruiserweights. Yeah, and this mm-hmm. is coming from someone who bring loved back the European title. This is from someone who <laughs> loved the cruiserweights. Oh yeah, the cruiserweights are great. Yeah, but it, I mean, no, it it, it wouldn't fit. Mm-hmm. Number uh, three, they would just job to Ryback or Mark Henry, pretty or much. Big show. Yeah, that's what I just said. But number three... Hey, shut your fucking mouth. Number three. Whoa. Was that two questions? Whoa. Yes. Do I care? No. <laughs> Is this also more important than number two? Also, yes. That's not what it says. I care. It says, Is this also more than two? Oh, number... Whatever. Shut up. Also, yes. Ugh, bored. Um... Yes. Yes. Y- yes... No, okay. Four. Is Ryback going for the title today less infuriating than his last title hunt because he is more legit now, or is it because it's against John Cena and not CM Punk? LOL, Jorts. It's not less infuriating, so the rest of the question (laughs) is mute. (laughs) I think think it's equal. I wasn't... uh, In the beginning of the Ryback, you know, uh, like his first title shot, you know, there was still intrigue and there was still excitement. Um, not, but not from everyone, but I was going to uh, say false. But it kind of, it kind of <laughs> got, it kind of got convoluted in the end. I think, I think this is good. So, yeah. No, this is <laughs> not good. Uh, well, well, maybe we'll talk about it later. This Number five. Horrible. Yeah, it's trashy. Hey, hey, I didn't Are get we... the answer. I ain't mad. Oh, Bobby. Bad. Yeah, Bobby. Oh. Bobby ain't mad. Bobby ain't mad. Shit. I'm back. I ain't mad at Ryback. Ryback's doing his thing. All right. Gotta feed the, the need. More. Number five. 
are we entering an an era where the fa- where there are fans, smarks, and a new category category of wrestling hipsters? Hip- wrestling hipsters? What's this happening? Wrestle fan. It, it, it's uh, it's uh, wrestle fan. To define it in a simple, easy to understand statement, it was oh, I liked him back when he did this. Oh man, yeah, you know, yeah, like like wrestle fan. Like all of us. No. no, no, wait, 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 wait. How many times do you run into somebody? Oh, I watched wrestling when Stone Cold was big. Like yeah. you know, yeah, that, know. Th- that that's it, right? Is that is that yeah. our hipster? Yeah, that's basically. The all right. I I think we've had that forever. I know. Yeah, I think I think when you had the attitude, I'd be like, I liked when Hogan was big, and not knowing he's in WCW. You know, I just, I mean. Yeah, I, I I don't like the term hipster. I liked now. it when we had grand movies like No Holds Barred and Ready to Rumble. Uh, yeah, uh, but yeah, I, I I think it sort of links more into like the whole smart. Thing, no, I guess. no. It, what's happening uh, to answer Lunchbox's question? What's happening is we're no longer the target audience for WWE. So it seems like. It, there's more uh, smarks or hipsters, but in fact, they're just pointing their their content at the younger fan base, which has been happening all along. It's just before we were in that younger fan base, and, yeah. and they're losing the rest of the people. So they're like, I remember back when, da da da. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Who's to say? And maybe not the whole, you know. Oh, wrestling's fake, sort of stuff. But like, you know, who's to say? You know, an adult audience back then wasn't you know that same way. You know, wrestling for maybe for there was a brief period of time where it wasn't, but for most part, it was garnering towards children. Right. It's, Number six. We agree on something, wrestle fan. Uh, whoa, whoa, whoa! Right. Hey, hey, let's not get ahead of ourselves here. Oh, wait. Ah. <laughs> uh, number six. So we can move on, and I can throw up. How are you? Do- How are you today? No, really, I want to know. I'm doing fine. Thanks for asking, Lunchbox. Uh, I'm okay. How How are you doing today, Chachi? I'm doing well. Wrestle fan. I was Nobody doing cares. good until I saw the tweet from uh, about Chachi coming back, <laughs> and then I was like, "Oh, my vacation's gone." <laughs> Bobby, I'm sad. I'm sad. The pen's lost. Oh, and angry. That's why it's and I'm a seven, by myself in this hangout. That's why it's a seven-game series. <laughs> yeah, that's true. All right, everybody cheer up. Hey, We're talking about wrestling here. Have I'm a big show, show, my little beef cutlet. I'm back in the show! Oh, beef cutlet. Oh. Wow. I'm not a beef cutler. I'm a chicken tender. Or something. Oh. I don't know. All right, and with that, uh, we go to... What we got next? I think... Uh, do you want to do PPC or do we do have a short one from AJ? We do have a short one from AJ. I'll get this one. Dolph Ziggler is a GI Joe action figure. He's plastic on top, plastic on the bottom, and a rubber band in the middle. Also, after the latter shot from Swagger, Dolph doesn't know math anymore. <laughs> Bo F diggity, the F is for fucking hell. That looked like it hurt. I asked him. He he said this in the hangout last night. I'm like, can yeah. you please uh, call or email us? that because i just wanted to be said on the show and yes he's the gi joe uh so thank you for that aj uh riz do you want to do your duty right now <laughs> uh, i have been practicing you've been practicing i've been practicing my russian accent oh, and no. i think i think i got it to a t 
At least you have, you get to read an email in English. <laughs> <clears throat> so, tell me if I'm doing it right here. <clears throat> no. No, not at all. <laughs> hey. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey. Oh, God damn you! <laughs> it's me. It's the fan of the year at Big PPC. <laughs> ah, that's a portion of the thing. Busy, busy. Wow, that's busy. like uh new job. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> Field trips with sun. Raw pay-per-view. PPV. <laughs> TNA. Odds tag team pay-per-view thing. And PWG pay-per-view to catch up on. And raw. It's all good in in my hood, yo. Ah question this week if you could bring back any manager to put with a current star who would it be Bobby Heenan with Damian Sandow and Cody Rhodes 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 I think that means Rhodes till next time till next week take care Mayhem Crew it's me it's me it's at Big PPC. Great job per usual, you fucks. <laughs> Lol. Just kidding. Okay, wow. from my Is he kidding that we did a great job? Or? Yeah, couple <laughs> points. First of all, Riz, that was a disgrace. I'm sorry. It's better Six. than your, your freaking yes. Mexican. Uh, nope. Uh, second, of, second, of all, second of all, and more importantly, Big PPC's a dad? Yeah. <laughs> I think that was the big reveal on this one. It's little people. It's little PPC. Oh my god. That traumatized me so much. Little That's PPC. Sounded sad. Wow. But yeah, my Russian is better than your Spanish. Your Russian was English, but like, like, oh, no. slowly, like, whispered. Yeah, it was kind of slow. What was with, like, so, what was with that speed going on there? It was, it was, you know, it was, it was my Russian. It was. <laughs> Let's so, that, so your Russian is anybody on a vacation? Yes. Hmm. It's, it's hey, hey, wait, wait, wait. I did say big PPC in Russian. So, there. Bad Mike says I did say sent for my iPhone. And you did say crew. I did say crew. You did say crew. So, my butthole was safe. You say something for my iPhone. Well, LB will be the judge from that. Somebody's saying in the chat room. Oh, I said, uh, Mad Mike says my asshole has a better Russian accent. Oh. Well, you're not on the show, are you? It's my time. Whoa. My time is now. Question! Question! So, uh, I'd like Kevin Sullivan to, uh, manage Ryback. Oh, my God. I would like Slick to manage Mark Henry. Oh. Uh. Wow. Mr. Mr. Fuji. Lord Tensai. Ooh! I would like Slick to manage Ooh. the tons of funk. You just want I was Slick. Say that would make more sense. I want just... Slick just to be back in general. <laughs> I want Slick, Slick to, to manage Caitlin. Antonio Cesaro. <laughs> uh, I want. Uh, I want Kimchi to manage Fandango. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say I want Sensational Sherry to manage Fandango. Ooh, that'd be good. Uh, oh, that'd be cool. Yeah, or Miss Elizabeth. Well, Miss Elizabeth. Mm. 
Well, they're they're both dead. Yeah, they're both dead. Well, yeah, this isn't a fantasy yeah, world. Yeah, they're okay? both dead. Yeah, that's true. Well, he's like, you know, Bobby Heenan isn't exactly a managing position. No. He's I think we're talking in their primes. So, that's okay. Uh, I, I thought we I had... I want a... Todd Pettengill to manage Michael Cole. Uh, <laughs> I don't know about no, that one. Uh, all right, and that is the fan <laughs> mail. So, let's go check out what's going on with the RWA DVD. And uh, we'll be right back with our interview from up north. Hey guys, we're back. Sorgatron here uh, with our interview for this week. Another uh, great guy that we uh, ran into at WrestleCon, like the string of them we've had the weeks before. Uh, uh, this is a really cool one. You know, we were there uh, promoting the Montreal Theory. You know, and and you 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 know that's a lot of what us wrestling fans, especially here in the states, kind of think about uh, when it comes to Canada and wrestling. You know, Heart Foundation, everything like that. But we got a guy here that's going to tell us. You know, has the definitive look at what's going on in the Montreal specifically scene in pro wrestling. We got uh, Bertrand Ebert uh, with uh, Mad Dogs, Midgets, and Screwjobs. You you had me at the title, sir. (laughs) Well, uh, you know, I have to give credit to the editor. They came up with that title, and it just, it's a catchy one, and it it covers everything, you know. Mad Dog Vachon is probably the biggest name that everybody known and heard about that came from the Montreal territory. Mm-hmm. The midgets actually started. Midget wrestling started in Montreal and obviously, you know, for modern fans, the Montreal screw jobs is probably the biggest thing associated with Montreal. So I think it, it covered anything that needed to be covered in the title. And I think people will be pleasantly surprised with all the tidbits and informations and surprises in that book about everybody that was anybody that came through here or actually learned here like you know people don't know sometimes that ronnie garvin is a guy from montreal Mm -hmm. and pat patterson is also a guy from montreal and those guys you know at first look they don't look like they're from they're french canadian like eric martel or the rougeau brothers who had the character that came from montreal but uh, a lot of guys came here at some point, and we had very strong promotions in the 70s in particular, and the 80s. And a lot of guys came in to, to learn, or it was one of their first big territory, or it was their last. Or So it's we have a lot of people in that book. It, it sounds... It, it sounds like a, 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 a an area that definitely has a lot of story that has not gotten out there a lot. You know, maybe it was mentioned a little bit in a Heart Foundation document, but it does feel like if WWE doesn't do a documentary about a certain group or area or something like that, a lot of wrestling fans don't really know about it. Yes, exactly. And, and Montreal, even at the height of its popularity, there was always that the problem that most of anything that came out of it on television or in the newspapers was in French. Mm-hmm. which pretty much prevented most of everybody to fully understand what was going on. Uh, and, you know, some stuff just went by with years with the WWE taking over and rewriting history and stuff being forgotten along the way. You know, 
just the, the war between the All-Star Wrestling and uh, Grand Prix Wrestling in Montreal when it was the Vachon running one group and the Rougeau running the other groups. Mm -hmm. That was huge. At some point, you know, the, the, the war was on television. It was at the arena battling with the Athletic Commission because Montreal, for a long time, in the Montreal city itself, was under the uh, direction and had to play with the Montreal Athletic Commission. Mm -hmm. And that created issues and stories that we discuss in there when the war went on. And, you know... It has nothing to envy to uh, the Monday Night War. It was the same thing. Guys were jumping left and right, getting better deals in the process. Fans were, you know, very happy because they were getting twice as good good wrestling. And for, for a few years there, it was very, very odd. And, you know, as anything else, it fell down again, like most promotion when they get really hot or like, after the Monday Night War, for example. And then it, it went, went way back up again when uh, they were able to get television again. And what people know today as international wrestling, uh, which was, it didn't start as international wrestling, but it uh, morphed into that name. And that's the name most well-known, uh, where a new generation of fans, me included, uh, fell in love with the wrestling business. And uh, we had a bunch of a new hero, at the time, which the Rick Martel, the, the new uh, Rougeau brothers, which was Jacques Jr. and his brother Ray Raymond, uh, were a third-generation uh, wrestler at the time. And Dino Bravo, that nobody in the U.S. can understand how big Dino Bravo was in Montreal before joining WWE uh, back then. You know, if you check Montreal uh, listing and how many people drew gates in Montreal, Dino Bravo comes third. Uh, oh, wow. in Quebec-born wrestlers. There's only Yvon Rabat and Johnny Rougeau who were bigger than him. In the 80s, at some point, when WWF was working with uh, international wrestling, which is another story in the book, is that WWF had to make a deal and run joint shows with international wrestling to get a foot in the forum, which is unheard of in any other of the other territory where they, they invaded. Um they were discussing about doing a match with Dino Bravo and Hulk Hogan at the Olympic Stadium. And now we're talking about 1986, 1985. It would have been a huge gate in Montreal. But, you know, we explained the story a little bit in the book. By the time everything was falling into place, McMahon didn't need international wrestling anymore. And they were scared of how popular Dino Bravo was and how, you know, Hulk Hogan might just be the heel in a confrontation like that at the Olympic Stadium. So they backed out of the deal and everything fell apart and they were able to get the forum by themselves. And, you know, that that's why, actually, because Bravo was already working with WWF, but he left after that deal fell through before international wrestling fell on downtime and he, the only option left was to go back to WWF. And I think, you know, at you know, you can even see that by the fact that they, they, they used him as a heel right away, you know, and they turned him big against the Rougeau at the forum. They didn't want to have to, the Montreal fans to compare Hulk Hogan and Dino Bravo at the time. Hmm. So that's all in the book. And, you know, and as far as Dino Bravo goes, even uh, the, the whole story of his death and what happened and what happened up to this day, 
uh, on that story. It's all in the book as well, with, you know, which is stuff that, you know, there was discussed a lot back in 1993 when he died, but it kind of fell on the side, and because, again, of the language barrier, a lot of stuff never came out exactly of what was going on, and we were able to interview people like Rick Martel and uh, Gino Brito, and they were open enough to discuss a little bit of what they knew about the Dino situation and, uh, and, uh, and what led to his death, so they have a pretty uh, complete story as far as Dino Bravo goes, and, you know, that will uh, hopefully, you know, give people a better understanding of how big stars were in Montreal. Again, because of the language barrier, Montreal has always been a city where, you know, if you're the top in, and, and you're a guy, we are Quebecers, you know, you're, you're just like one step above the rest. George St. Pierre <laughs> is the best example. You know, nobody could draw anything in Montreal as far as MMA goes before St. Pierre became that big of a star. You know, it's a huge thing now, and a lot of people got turned into MMA because Saint-Pierre was so good and so dominant in his sport. And we've seen it before with uh, Formula One racing here in Quebec twice, with Gilles Villeneuve first, and then his son later when he became world champion. That sport became really huge in Montreal. So, it, you know, when they had we had our home territory and our homegrown promotion, that one guy that was put on top and was the star and the guy that was beating up all the, the foreign guys and the U.S. guy and whoever was coming in to beat, beat him up, and, you know, they became really, really uh, important. If we think back to Yvon Robert in the time of Eddie Quinn in the 50s and the 40s, he, he was uh, the only comparison as far as how big Yvon Robert got in Montreal. You have to compare him to El Santo or Ricky Dozan in Japan, he was a cultural phenomenon, and he became a symbol uh, of uh, for French people, French Canadians, when that's what they would call at the time, uh, of, uh, you know, you could make it. And he was best friend with Maurice Rocket Richard, uh, who was the only sports figure in Montreal that was bigger than Yvon Robert at the time. So that, that kind of gives you a perspective. I don't know about how much you know about hockey, but uh, Yvon and Maurice Michaud, when he was suspended, there was a huge uh, riot in Montreal uh, about that. And to, to this day, Maurice Michaud had probably one of the biggest uh, funeral ever uh, in the city. And it was, uh, he was a national hero. And Yvon Robert was just in that ballpark during those uh, 10, 15 years when he was on top in Montreal. So that's how big wrestling was in Montreal at some point. Yeah, it's just and I'm seeing from your site it's it, it, you know it, it lists uh, Montreal as one of the bigger cities like Chicago, New York, Tokyo, um, and again it, you know, definitely something that's been cut off from us again the language barrier and everything. Uh, oh, yeah. so explain to explain to us like what was the you know the the title's namesake? Uh, I know Mad Dog Vachon was a name that I would hear you know with Luna coming through or maybe yeah. some of the older matches around like WWF or whatever you might have been around in. What was the significance of Mad Dog Vachon? Mad Dog Vachon uh, was, you know, there's a picture in the book where when he was a young guy and he looked like a movie star. Mm-hmm. But that didn't work out. That that because there was already Yvon Robert and you know there was no you know not like any wrestling promotion. There's no room on the top to have five guys, you know. So there's like one guy, then there's a second guy, and that's about it, you know. Mm-hmm. So. He moved like a lot of the other guys. He moved out of the Montreal territory and went on to, 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 to tour the world. 
And then he ended up getting that, that break where he did that thing in Portland and became Mad Dog Deshaun. And even there, he wasn't even billed as being from Montreal most of the time. Uh, but, you know, he became huge with the AWA and, you know, was big with almost every territory. And in Montreal, he, he started, when he went, came back in the 70s and started Grand Prix wrestling with his brother, the Butcher, Butcher Vachon, uh, they became really huge. And by the end of his career, Maurice Vachon was easily the most recognizable wrestler in, in, in Montreal. He was doing a kid TV show. He was the pirate, my dog. Uh, he was doing uh, commercials of any sort, beer, and was one of the most famous ones. And he was uh, also doing uh, food critics uh, segment on one of the talk shows. He was doing uh, the, the, the going home show uh, from the helicopter telling people what the traffic was. He was everywhere. That, that's the difference. The big difference in Montreal is you have all that French media. You, you know, you guys have ESPN, but we have RDS, and we now even have the second sports station now uh, that's less than a year old. And they cover hockey, obviously, but they cover all types of sports or sporting events. And they give those guys back then and to, even today a lot of coverage uh, that you wouldn't get if you were getting a book out in Toronto, mm-hmm. where, you know, the Canadian uh, media is national most of the time. It's re- rarely local at the level that we have it here. Even at our book launch, we, we, we had both sports station live during their uh, news report at 5 o'clock uh, with reports and doing interviews with all the legends at the book launch. Uh, so to this day, uh, our media has always had a, a little something about those big guys that became big stars everywhere and came back and drew huge crowd at the Montreal Forum. And, you know, our theory behind the book was always here locally that, you know, if you were 35 and up, at some point, you either were a big fan yourself or you watched it with your grandmother or your father on on Sunday morning. <laughs> and, to, you know, if you're 35 and up, everybody can have can get us a wrestling story of some sort with their family or mm-hmm. watching it on Sunday morning of some sort or getting to the forum or the Pulse Center or being there at the Park Jari for the big crowd of near 30,000 people that, that, that were there during the War of Grand Prix and uh, All-Star. So that, that's all different, I think, the territory is. It's all that media coverage in French uh, that covers the whole province mm-hmm. and that always created big stars and huge memory. And, you know, we, they we're always talking uh, about WrestleMania moment. I think, you know, it's it's also wrestling moment. Those moments, if you're there and you're a fan or you're there in the building or you were there watching it on television, when there's one of those moments, it creates a memory. And those memories, you know, always bring back all the time. You, oh, oh, yeah, I remember that. And, you know, I remember Mad Dog Sean. I remember this guy. Or I was there and it was blood. No, it was not real. You know, there's always a discussion <laughs> coming out of it. So even if you're not fan today, and there's a lot of, you know, I think, personally, I think there's a lot more former fans today than there is actual wrestling fans of the product of today. So that was also a theory behind the book is that, you know, it would appeal to uh, former fans a lot because that's for the first time it's the untold story, you know, the behind the scenes story of all they've seen while they were fans. So 
Excellent, excellent. And it really th- seems that I, I know, like a lot of the discussion is that, like how Canada, it seems like wrestling has been more of a serious pastime for you guys. You know, oh, I, I think so. I think you know it was treated more seriously by the media, even mm-hmm. the English media. Uh, up to this day, as an entertainment phenomenon and as a serious business that 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 actually draw. Uh, a lot of people and in, uh, get, has a lot of interest for a lot of fans, uh, and it, it created that uh, in all the different era as well. You know, uh, from the Kitter Kowalski ear incident, where the media in Montreal kind of played along with the story of it not being an accident, uh, and, and, and creating by the, the the same token the, the Kitter Kowalski legend. Even if the ripping of the hair of uh, Yukon Eric was a, a total accident, and you know it, it went against every kayfabe rules to send Kowalski to the hospital to to to, to shake hands with Yukon Eric and say I'm sorry, but by some sort of I don't know maybe it was fixed. But you know all the journalists were there as well, and, and the whole story about him being uh, laughing about. Yukon Eric and stuff like that, and it just created that that character, Kelly Kowalski, that to this day is known worldwide. Mm-hmm. You know, so that that's all of the type of different stories that that are in the book that are sometimes you know forgotten or not as well known by newer fans or you know we even you know and for people who didn't believe about the year story of Yukon Eric in Montreal, we actually have a picture of Sandy Mack in in the the book. The, the referee of that match, and he has the hair of Yukon Eric in his hand. So that's how much research we put into the book as well. Is you know, okay, well, we have all those stories, and we did all those interviews with everybody that's still alive, and that that was very helpful with our uh, research. But we went on and and searched the archive and find magazines and newspapers to find and different pictures to go with the book as well. And we were very lucky because we interviewed close to 100 different pro wrestlers from different era uh, about their career and the Montreal territory, and they all agreed to share their personal photography collection with us. So in the book, there's a lot of pictures that comes uh, from our personal collection as we acquired quite a few pictures along the way, but also, there's the, the collection of Raymond Rougeau, Rick Martel, Paul LeDuc, who was the brother of Joe LeDuc, Gino Rito. So there's a lot of pictures in the book that were never seen before, basically, because they all came from their own personal collection. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, have a, I have a quick question. Uh, you mentioned sort of about, like, you know, the fact that, you know, there's that nostalgia that comes with, you know, following all that stuff. And, you know, there's fans that, you know, hold those memories very closely. Uh, and, you know, with WWE, do you think they have, do you think they should, or do you think they have tried to sort of capitalize on that in a way? And maybe, I don't know what they're doing, I guess, with their international markets, uh, but do you think there's, a, you know, they should be capitalizing on that, you know, sort of memories that those people have? Yeah, well, I think, Obviously, in Montreal, for example, if we take WWE, there hasn't been French wrestling from WWE in Montreal on television in almost 13 years now. Oh, wow. Um, like, the, the, they don't even translate the, the, the WWE in Montreal, you watch Thunder Score like every other Canadian. Oh, so wow. So, French show. Mm-hmm. Uh, right there, I think it's you're missing the target because we, we've lived it 
trying to sell the book to a French editor. A lot of people think that it doesn't exist anymore, that it just doesn't there anymore because it's not on television in French. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you have to tell them, well, you know, if you get the score channel on your cable, you'll, you'll be able to see it. You have to explain that to them uh, because it's been so long that people think it's something back from the 90s and 80s, but that it's gone now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The, and that, I think that's something that WWE forgets. And and I know they do it in France. We we uh, we were traveling with the, the one of the announcers from France who does. I, actually, I, th I thought that was funny because he does uh, he does TNA in French for France, and he does WWE Experience and WWE Vintage as well for a different TV station. He's the mm -hmm. same guy which I think is, is quite funny that you can do both, but that, that's the beauty of international, uh, where you don't have that many guys who can do the job. But here in Montreal, after they let go Ray Russo, then they never bothered to, to, to create a broadcast team that would be a French version for Quebec, because obviously a French version for, from France, the French is so different and the expressions, is, and the reference are so different that it would, it would not work. It would be considered funny maybe but it wouldn't work as far as the selling tickets for wrestling and uh, and I, I frankly I don't know why it's not doable uh, and I think it's we just became a too small of a market for them for them to bother you know with the score channel they still draw between eight to ten thousand when they were in a good mood at the Bell Center so you know, I guess, you know, it's it's not a big... But obviously, I think they should have a French version from Quebec for Quebecers. I think it'd be good. Uh, at, at least here locally, our local groups would, would probably benefit from it. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, the fact that they don't own that those state libraries from Grand Prix or from international wrestling and all that doesn't make it very interesting for them to try to market that territory or anything because they don't have anything. Mm -hmm. Any footage that exists from Grand Prix or from uh, international wrestling is stuff that fans have been trading around for years from VHS tape transfer now to DVD. And uh, we made some research on this with uh, both companies going bankrupt. The bankruptcy companies have destroyed all the master tapes. Oh, so there's nothing oh, left wow. to say that WWE would. You know, but by, back in the 70s or back in 87, Nobody knew those tapes would have any value. Yeah. And, you know, especially somebody that was not in the wrestling business that was just handling the bankruptcy. So at some point, they keep it for a few years, and after that, it gets destroyed. So whatever is out there is whatever is out there. So that's why to sell with the book now, starting at WrestleCon, we came up with a compilation of four hours of the best of the best that we have found over the past, my, my past uh, close to 30 years as a fan uh, to try to do a best of the four hour DVD that uh, we have available with us when we do a, a convention like WrestleCon and uh, we'll be doing the Pulisian Hall of Fame in uh, Amsterdam and Jonestown in May <clears throat> and others after that and we'll have the DVD with us and people can even get it on the web if they look uh, strong enough uh, iSpots has it and every video has it um, so it's kind of a good companion for the book because everybody that's been discussing the book that might not have a picture or might not have much detail sometimes will, we try to put, you know, a 
picture or a match of everybody. And we had like Andre the Giant, uh, were working with Mad Dog Deshaun in there. And we have Carpentier, Edouard Carpentier, which is another guy that a lot of people don't know enough about. And we have some of the best stuff from international wrestling that we could find, like the Rougeau brothers against the Garden brothers feud that's being discussed in the book. For example, that that's why I think it's a good companion because you know every match that's available of that feud is in the DVD, so it gives people a perspective as well to be able to read the book and be able to see some footage from back then. Uh, I think it's interesting, but yeah, I would love for WWE to give us a little bit, a little, just a little bit more, and try to capitalize on it. But you know, uh, even the footage that exists, I don't think anyone can sell it to them. Because as far as it, it, it doesn't exist, yeah. it's copies of copies. And, you know, according to the bankruptcy company, you know, nobody owns anything anymore. So. That's a shame. It needs, and I don't know if there are these out there, but there needs to be like a, a, a historical society that's collecting these things. That WWE, yeah, well, that, you know. that, that's one of the idea we had behind the book mm-hmm. is that, okay, well, those guys are not getting any younger. You yeah, know, we were exactly. both going to humorize Vachon, which today might not be possible five years later yeah. because, you know, he's, you know, you've seen the WWE Hall of Fame induction. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's too bad that people that get there up in age sometimes have, a, you know, not as good memory as they used to. And uh, Gino Brito was not getting any younger. And uh, along the way, we were the last one to interview Edouard Carpentier before he died. So whatever Carpentier gave to us that, in the book about the, the NWE title change with Lutez that never happened. That was the first time ever that Carponti discussed that situation uh, on uh, open level. Uh, he's discussing it as, okay, well, I didn't know what was going on, but, you know, very, being very open about the business. So I think it, it's, uh, it, it needed to be done because in a few years from now, a lot of that stuff is going to be gone and, you know, we lost quite a few people who gave us interview along the way. The Luna Vachon, uh, Oliver Umperdink. Uh, we, we had access to Anne Schmidt's collection. Anne Schmidt died also a few months before we were able to, to go to print. Uh, and Carpentier. And in five years or ten more years, you know, a, a few other guys are going to be gone. And their story is going to be gone with them. So I think it needed to be put somewhere, and we're really, really proud and happy that, you know, those stories and the adventures, that's what I like to call them, because, you know, going from country to country, territory to territory, and creating yourself that huge of a career, and drawing so many people everywhere, I think it needed to be saved for, you know, for future generations to, to appreciate Certainly, certainly. Um, what, one last, uh, uh, one historical thing, uh, and then we got a fun question to uh, head out here with. Uh, I saw that the first ever midget match was actually up in Montreal. Yeah, there was a fellow named Gerard Phillips who promoted shows, and he had uh, the guy who was going to become one of the most well-known midgets uh, there that was training with the wrestlers, Sky Lolo. And from there, they had the first match ever at the, uh, and from there, uh, Gino Brito's father, uh, Jack Britton, came up with the concept of having touring pairs of midgets. And they had like four midgets on the road with one driver, and they had up, 
at some point up to 16 different midgets on the road going from territory to territory and the most well-known being two Quebecers which is uh, Sky Lolo like I said and a little beaver so that and up to this day I think in Mexico it's still a very big part of the wrestling calendar uh, midget wrestling <laughs> and even in WWE you know they still have Hornswoggle and I think you know mm-hmm. at, no matter what time uh, in the future, especially if the company keeps that PG route, you know, having a midget character is always going to be a big winner with kids. I know my kids love Hornswoggle, and I guess <laughs> it was probably the same back in the days, you know, the midgets was, were probably very popular with the family. Yeah, yeah. And, and even to the point, I know here in the States, we've actually had some reality programming with midget wrestling as well. Um, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it's, it's still a big thing. People are really excited we had it here in the western Pennsylvania area. Uh, with a big show that had Roddy Piper and stuff, but I think people still might have been more excited for the midget wrestling, you know. So yeah, well, it, it's you know people kind of like the concept of like, and it's funny. And back in the days, I saw Little Beaver live, and you know, he was getting up in age in the eighties, but he was entertaining as hell. <laughs> he was like, he had that routine where you know, but you saw WrestleMania three, probably most of us saw WrestleMania three that Mocassin slot, you know, that was part of the routine, you know, maybe you should have told King Kong Bundy before, so that Mm -hmm. Bundy wouldn't get too mad about it, (laughs) but, you know, that was always part of the routine about the, you know, making people laugh and going around and sneaking around and all that, so, I I guess that's timeless, you know, in Mm -hmm. the 50s or 2013, and people still find it fun. Certainly, certainly. Excellent. Well, real quick, before we let you go, we got a big question. We asked this of everybody. We've even asked this of of Armando Estrada. We've asked this of Johnny Gargano, all the guys out there. Uh, If you, sir, were a vegetable, what would you be? Mm, A vegetable? Well, I would say celery. I love celery. (laughs) <laughs> that is our first celery uh, you are the first celery that's celery that's good <laughs> excellent so the book is mad dogs midgets and screw jobs it's on amazon they got a kindle they got a kindle edition if you're into that and every good bookstore every good bookstore <laughs> exactly only only the good ones carry it right yeah, only the good ones carry it, and if they don't, you can ask them, and they will order it, even if they're, they're not carrying it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's going very good. We're really happy. We're thanking everybody. We're going to be doing all the major conventions for the rest of the year. Like I said, Amsterdam Jonestown in May. In June, we're at the New England Hall of Fame. We're going to be in Iowa in July for the other Hall of Fame, the Dan Gable Museum Hall of Fame. In August, we're at the Mid-Atlantic Legend Reunion as well. And uh, so we're thanking everybody that loved the book at WrestleCon. We were overwhelmed by all the good comments of people who wanted to buy the book or had read the book. And we thank them. We're on Facebook on Mad Dogs, Midgets, and Screwjob page if you want to keep up with us. And we thank everybody. We have to go into reprint. So that, that's good. <laughs> Excellent. Keep Excellent. on buying the book and giving us your comments. We're really, really glad and happy that everybody uh, seems to be loving the book so much well you save her i'll save your reprint i think we got a kindle version in my near future so uh we'll be picking that up here uh so go check that out thank you our friend from montreal uh go check out the book mad dogs midgets and screwdrops and now let's head over to some independent wrestling of all over with the wrestle fan thanks sorry for that interview 
and now it's time for this week in indie wrestling. It's the indie minute. No applause. It's it's like you remember okay. when. <laughs> uh, so this weekend, Sorgatron Mia was part of a little something special for IWC Road to Super Indie. Yes, it was. Yes, how did how did it go, uh, Sorgatron? Well, I think this kind of tells the story right here uh, with the uh, the rope missing <laughs> from <laughs> the oh pre intermission match. Listen, listen. Here's the deal. Here's the deal, pal. Uh, when you do an IWC show on Friday night, uh, things go weird. Okay. <laughs> From from your announcer uh, uh, arriving right up to the wire, from from matches being swapped because of somebody being late. Uh, uh, I know it took one person four hours to get there from Cleveland uh, oh, no. because it was Penn's traffic. Woo, go Penn! On top of everything else, <laughs> on top of it being Friday and everybody having to deal with their jobs. Um, go Penn's. Um, and and then you know, good matches and everything. Crowd was a little interesting. Chachi, how was the crowd on your side? Um, well, when I went out to uh, take my post at ringside, I got heckled. You got uh, heckled by the uh, the heel section. Yes. Um, and then uh, Gory spit on them, so they kind of shut up after that. <laughs> so, like legit spit on them. Yeah, like not his. His uh, red mist, but like legit hockaloogie uh, on the guy's shoe. Right, right. So, and, then, and then this happened. Like the the, the top rope broke in the <laughs> middle of the uh, right before intermission. Uh, Mister Four Fifty and uh, Strickland. Shane Strickland. Shane Strickland. Yeah. Thank you. Um, and they uh, it, right at the beginning of the match. Pretty much right at the beginning of the match. <laughs> yeah, oh, one no. of them went to grab the ropes to uh, stretch out. And it just snapped. Yeah. Wait, like, he just he just grabbed it to stretch. Yeah. Wow. Well, it, it to give a little background information, the way the way the ropes work is there's a clamp in the in the corner. Yeah. Right. Uh, and that clamp has a hook on it, but it, in each side of the clamp is the uh, the steel cable. Uh huh. So what happened was the one side was pretty much on the edge of coming out anyhow. Oh, okay. So he grabbed it, and that was the final straw, and it just came apart. Like, the rope didn't actually break more as it did. Uh, the clamp came loose, and so yeah. there was nothing to hold the cable up. Considering how these guys wrestle, it's probably a good thing that happened at the beginning of yes, the match. Yes, it is very so. because with the stuff that they were doing, even with the rope not there, yeah, yeah. Uh, it is a damn good thing that the rope broke at the beginning of the match. And they still did right. a really tremendous match uh, between them. I mean, these two high flyers still doing some pretty cool stuff off the second rope because there was no top rope. Um, well, and, yeah, because, I, I and like like Chuck said there, they, they are complete professionals because uh, it wasn't, I mean, they, they reacted to, to the rope not being there, um, to entertain the crowd, mm-hmm. and then uh, to pu- hype the crowd up, they made a big deal about throwing the rope out of the ring. Yes, um, <laughs> yeah, and continu- continuing the match anyhow. Yeah, and, and it, there was even callbacks to it uh, later in the match because. Uh, Strickland is a tall guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, him getting back into was, the ring. He was doing the diesel over the yeah. second rope <laughs> yeah, and everything. Yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, him, good. him getting back into the ring over the second rope was 
it was uh, it was enter- fun. entertaining. So. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was just a weird feel to everything overall. Uh, but it was interesting, and, and, and there was a callback to that because uh, uh, Chuck says on the if you go to the IWC uh, International Wrestling Hotel uh, Facebook group, there's a discussion about it. Uh, but Chuck said that about earlier in the week, and here's a picture of it that uh, Zima Ion posted. Uh, IWC alumni about how he was wrestling and the ring completely broke. And if you don't, if you're on audio, he says uh, in in his quote, uh, he says he means broke. The ropes were gone. A post was tipped over. The ring was lopsided. Still went out there and gave the people their money's worth, though. Um, and and he, he that and uh, back to that. Uh, even though uh, you know the ring wasn't that bad off <laughs> in comparison, <laughs> um, but uh, thankfully a little longer intermission. Uh, they, they got right on and trainees came out, took the rope back. They started working on it. Um, and they swapped it to the bottom uh, for the rest of the show, and you know moved the ropes around, um, and they got to complete the show, and it was it was still a really good show. Well, I mean, uh, it was just a matter of putting it back together. Yeah, so, yeah. I, I mean, nothing nothing actually broke. Mm-hmm. So, um, I, niece and Colin Delaney was a tremendous match. Um, it, let me just say that Niece versus a paper bag. That's true. Would, would be a tremendous. That's match. true. But Colin did his part, just like. Uh, uh, Tony Fish. Mm-hmm. Tony Fish could no, go Bobby out. Fish. Bobby, Bobby, Bobby Fish. Bobby nope. Fish, yeah. Bobby Fish could go out there with a broomstick mm-hmm. and have the most entertaining match of the night. Mm-hmm. 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 Um, oh, the other weird thing that happened was uh, uh, there was a uh, war, including friend of the show, Aiden Vale, uh, did a handicap match against the Logan Shula lookalike, uh, Rex Lawless. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and uh, oh. Rex. Rex. Knee gave out in the middle of the match. Yeah, I heard about that. Uh, so. he, he was pulling, and this is terrible. Um, and I don't. It, we'll see how it works out. Um, but they, it, they were hanging on the whole. He's a big guy thing, mm-hmm. and that's totally yeah. It was gonna. Now. It was gonna be like a. It was gonna be like a. It looked like it was gonna be like a Ryback squash match in the long. Yeah. Which is which is kind of disconcerting to me because Aiden, vale, Aiden Vale was just in a world title match the last show, <laughs> the very last show, yeah. And now he's in a two guy <laughs> job squad. Um, so I, I yeah. So uh, best of Rex Lawless. Hope he get hope he didn't get hurt too bad there. I didn't get hear any prognosis on anything, uh, but they were definitely uh, back there banging it up, icing it up. The doc was right on top of things backstage. Yeah, he uh, wasn't from what I could see in my position. Out of there. No, no, so. No, 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 no. I, so it, uh, hopefully it's just a tweak and everything, but, yeah. but unfortunately it happened right in the middle of the show and everything. That's one with um, So, no, it was a fun show. Really good build. They announced, uh, of course, uh, uh, Extreme Tiger. Wait, hold on. What? Wait, 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 wait. Put away your credit card. Extreme Tiger. Tiger Extreme. in Mexico. Jimmy Rave of TNA Ring of Honor fame. And, of course, ACH. Yep. For Super Indie. Oh, so, so when you guys finally get to see right him live, now. when you guys finally get to see him live, uh, you can apologize to my boner. I don't... <laughs> first off. First, well, it was, okay. First, first of all, first of all, whoa, 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 whoa. First of all, I've seen him live. I've talked yeah, to him. Sir's He's a very the only nice one person. Seen him live. So I share your boner. Wait, I know, no, no. <laughs> yep. Um, wow. And also, we, also, yeah. if, if anybody wants to go with me to Ring of Honor this weekend, uh, he's also wrestling what? Mike Elgin there? He is wrestling Michael Elgin. I'm super jealous of you guys, which means because that means he that's match not that match is not happening in San Antonio. Don't don't worry, your boner will be seen from far. <laughs> uh, 
All right. And, and you know what? I don't take anything away from either of those three guys. Yeah. But I, I, they're not the reason I'm upset to be missing Super Indie. No? No. Why are you missing? Why, why are you upset? Because Super Indie is always a great show regardless of the guest. I'll get you the mm-hmm. DVD. You know I'm not going to watch it. No. <laughs> oh, no. You watched something this week that, that helped you. Yeah, it was stuff that I shot. Yeah. I'm not going to watch <laughs> stuff. I'm not going to watch, watch other. I ain't watching something that's not mine. Uh, other than that, um, uh, Strickland, I believe, got in as well as Gory. So uh, and they're also doing a no, four, a like uh, double or second chance yeah. uh, match for, to fill another one of the yes. spots. And, and, and of course, Anthony Nice uh, by keeping his belt this weekend is in the tournament as well. Uh, the site has not been updated, but if you go to uh, iwcwrestling.com and click on Super Indie, there is a cool site they have up uh, that that is going to be filled in shortly with. You know, all the people are uh, going to be part of it. And give you a nice listing of all the past shows. And uh, we're also rolling out uh, with Sorgatron Media. The um, uh, past Super Indies are all going to be available on digital download. You can now pick up uh, Super Indie, I believe, 3. Uh, 3 and 10, I think I put up there. And I know 8 is going to be up shortly, as well as 2. Uh, so, uh, those will get up as soon as I can get them all converted, uh, for varying prices, a little cheaper since they're a little bit older shows. So you can go check out, I mean, this is stuff that has like CM Punk and, and, and Styles and Chris Hero and, 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 uh, uh, you know, all, all kinds of good names are on these. Balls Mahoney is on one I was, I was looking at, like Balls Mahoney uh. versus New Jack. Oh. I'm like, well, that speaks up of uh, Super Indie. They're not in the tournament or anything like that. Oh, uh, God. But, but still, it kind of shows. That's not the most. That's I not was going to say, that means one of them has to advance. <laughs> <laughs> Again, that's not the most awkward. Com- that's not the most awkward pairing in IWC history. Oh, what would that be? Hmm. You know, You know exactly what that is, Sorg. Oh, yeah. I'm not. No, I'm not sure. I'm not Raven sure. and Disco Inferno. Raven versus Disco Inferno. I didn't hey, actually watch hey, that match. Hey, WCW 1998, bro. <laughs> <laughs> IWC was better, bro. Uh, IWC 2004, I man. Uh, I love the flock. Probably. So. I hope. Probably not. Anyways, go check out all that stuff. IWCWrestling dot com. Uh, what else you got there? The Wrestle Fan. Well, the last thing uh, is something that sort of briefly touched on, and that is that Ring of Honor is in Pittsburgh this weekend. Whee! Why are you always talking about stuff in my area, man? Yeah, because well, there's they're coming to San Antonio in about a month. So okay. But yeah, uh, Saturday, May 11th in Belvern and PA. Uh, should be a very awesome show. Uh, hopefully a lot of the Pittsburgh crew will be there. Uh, the main event for the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Championships, uh, Red Dragon of Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly. They're defending their tag team titles against the Briscoe Brothers, uh, Mark Briscoe and the uh, Ring of Honor World Champion Jay Briscoe. Uh, also, as Sorg mentioned, uh, Unbreakable Michael Elgin versus ACH, uh, Jay Lethal versus Jimmy Jacobs, and there's tons and tons of really great stuff. Uh, so if you want your tickets for that event, you can go to ROHWrestling.com. It's going to be at the Ross Traver Ice Gardens in Bell Vernon. Uh, so, uh, yeah, go check them out. Uh, hopefully, I don't know if any of the crew is going to be there. Uh, I will be there. One way or another, I will be there. And, and the wife, I believe, had a good enough time, and she will return with me. So, Very cool. Uh, no, I, I, yeah, that, that's on my calendar. It is happening. I might drag Chachi. You should drag Chachi. Chachi would have fun. Probably not. No. 
Okay. Uh, I can't, yeah, can't yeah, somebody yeah. go with me to these shows? Does somebody <laughs> in the area love wrestling enough to come with me to these shows? Serious. <laughs> Talk to uh, Sean and Munz. Yeah, I'm going to. Actually, Munz is out. Or, uh, Sean's out because he has like some 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 important conference. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Social media thing. I don't, I don't even know. <laughs> Maybe important. But yeah, go to rhwrestling.com and uh, go get your tickets there. there and go. that, my friends, is, is the not the any minute. Hey, uh, real quick mention just our friends of Vicious Outcast Wrestling oh. having a show out in the Greensburg area in Jeanette uh, tomorrow night. Just look up Vicious Outcast Wrestling on Facebook. So if you're out there out east in the area, uh, go consider that. It's weird. It's a Wednesday night show. So I, I, yeah, not, if you're not doing anything, no on big a names or no big names or anything coming to that. But they do have a show coming in July. They're going to have Devon, Robbie E, and Miss Tessmacher at, including a seminar with Devon. Uh, if you're if you're a trained wrestler and want to check, you're that messing out. with the real donut. So, what? What? You're looking. They're at also the going to be a time. That's D'Lo no, Brown. That's D'Lo Brown. I don't give a shit. <laughs> that's D'Lo. <laughs> oh. <my God. laughs> wow. Uh, Miss Tessmacher um, and uh, Robbie you. E are also sword. Yes. yes. That's right. Miss um, Tessmacher and Robbie are also going to be at Sci-Fi in the Valley on May seventh or May eighteenth at in uh, Altoona, Pennsylvania, too. Bobby, we're not. That. You're, 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 are you paying for us to go? Wait, do we have a table? I'm not paying for anything. Do we have a table, Bobby? <laughs> no, they're sold out of tables. They're sold out of tables. There's only one fudge vendor. No table. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. I, I follow. I do follow uh, Sci-Fi in the Valley, there's and there only, was a. There's only one Fudgeman. All right, guys. Oh my God. Let's go to break. We'll be back. There's a tweet. And let's there's check out the latest tweet. interview with one Paul London, talking about the Montreal Theory, and we'll be back with Remember One. They have, they have can, tuna can flavor fudge. I, I didn't even. I didn't tuna flavor fudge. I didn't even know that Altoona was a, tried. a big producer of tuna. I just thought it was part of the name. Bobby, 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 you can be on the show. I have rules for you. Oh, you cannot use the soundboard in Google Hangout. Oh, what the fuck? Wow. Sorry. Wow, you. <laughs> Hey, remember when Russell Penn <laughs> messed up his own segment? Somebody. We are here at Russell Concha Caucus, New Jersey. Joe Dabrowski for the Montreal Theory. Available now at MontrealTheory.com and on Facebook. The trailer is on YouTube now. And I am standing by with somebody whose mind is always moving at a million miles a minute. Paul London, one of the most outspoken, unique individuals uh, in all of planet Earth, not just professional wrestling. Oh, no. Very outside the box, as I mentioned earlier, and you don't even know what the box looks like. Are you okay? Ho, ho, ho. The box looks like ho, ho, ho's. Ho, ho's. Ho, ho's box. A box of ho's. Those are out of business now. Those are Twinkies. I'm talking about ho's. Ho's. I am not sure what we're talking about. I was selling Twinkies here yesterday, actually. I don't know. Those must have been knockoffs. Like the golden snack cakes. I think those are best, actually. But back to Montreal. We never started in Montreal yet. Okay, well, they have snack cakes there. They do. Now, is that just a conspiracy theory, or can you prove that? I think I can prove it, but it's it looks like snack cock, because it's Q-U-O-Q-U-E-S, or it's spelled like French-Canadian-ish. So it looks like, uh, like cook monsieur, you know what I mean? Like that, deli- that delicacy, except it's uh, Twinkie cook. But it's cake, but it looks like cock. Twinkie cook. 
Now, you have a lot of conspiracy theories. You and Brian Kendrick are very infamous for some of your unusual outlooks on life. What are some of your favorite conspiracy theories that you maybe believe in or enjoy discussing and debating? Uh, I like the conspiracy theory that Paul from Wonder Years is Marilyn Manson. I like to think that that's true. Um, the fact that Ronald McDonald and Bozo the Clown are actually related and Cookie was adopted, I think is uh, another another piece of... Uh, I don't know how you say it, just dramatic setting, you know, that people need to know about. Um, I think uh, I think Disney is evil. Is um, it because they sneak in the sex references in their movies? No, I think that's one of the reasons they're great. Um, I, I think they're evil because they continue to churn the mindset of girl at the ball, getting married, white picket fence, all that bullshit, you know, so much. I just, I, I think, I think young kids need to know the truth, you know, and the truth is, well, you know, I have more doubts than ever. What about the Brian Kendrick theory that the sun is not hot? What do you say about that? Sure. But what do we, do we get moon burned then? Like, I mean, we must get burned. You get sunburned, right? It's a toss up. I mean, ah, I, I don't know. He's really into that stuff, and I would like to think that he knows what he's talking about. But I got to disagree. You know what I mean? Until I get boon, or like burned from the moon, then I'm going to go with the sun still being hot. Uh, until I'm rich and can get a portal ship to take me to the sun, kind of like in the core, except much better. And then I'll find out for real what's hot. And what's not. And you already have the spacesuit for it. Oh, yeah. I've even ripped the sleeves off there so I can go faster. Intrepid Traveler. That's it. That's now, it. back to Montreal, now that we've gone oh, full circle yeah. again. Okay. Montreal Theory, uh, Survivor Series 1997, November 9th. Yes. Uh, some people think it was a work. Brett may have been in on it. It may have been a little bit too perfect. Do you have any opinions on, on what may have happened and what may have surrounded those events? I've heard both sides of it. I'd like to think that, uh, it's, it, you know, it's such a toss-up because... Knowing uh, Vince McMahon, I know that he likes to have stuff shot on his face, uh, from what I hear. You know what I mean? That's how a lot of guys attain superstardom. And uh, and if you think about it, Brett spits a huge loogie right at Vince's face at the end of that. You know what I mean? So that that could obviously be a dead giveaway. You know what I mean? Because, like, why didn't he spit on his shoulder? Or why didn't he spit on his nipple? Or why didn't he spit on his belly button? Or even on his lower back? Right? No, Vince got spit right on his face where he likes his facials. And uh, so I think that there is a situation where you could obviously say, oh, this is a work. These guys are in cahoots. Uh, you know, uh, Brett knew to land it right on Vince's face, mostly in his mouth. And uh, so you could look at it that way. Um, I like to think that it's real uh, just because... You know, Brett's a Canadian hero, and I just feel like the Canadian people were disrespected, you know, by WWF. And I just, I just, I hope Vince really thinks about what he did that day, you know what I mean? I hope he's in a library somewhere that doesn't have books, and he's just looking at the empty shelves and wondering, how can I have done that to such a Canadian hero? You know what I mean? He would have never fucking done that to Corey Haim. 
You know what I mean? Or Michael J. Fox or any of these amazing Canadians. So, so out of all the evidence that we cover on, on the DVD from secret discussions and sources of the finish and Lawler's thoughts and the perfect plan and the film crew, uh, your top two choices are, are the placement of the loogie and, and Corey Haim. Yeah, the placement, not just of the loogie, but of the body liquid, the body fluid. Which would be contained within the loogie yes. substance itself. The yes. loogie would be like the containment of the substance yes. that went onto his facial region. That's true. Well, a lot of people don't realize this, but Vince was actually, was actually a wrestler back in the day. You know what I mean? But he was under a hood. He was under a mask. Uh, the mask was actually made up of complete DNA. Mixed DNA. It was insane. But he... Uh, yeah, I, I guess, uh, you know, he doesn't wrestle with a mask anymore. He just would rather be bigger than his locker room. And uh, But I definitely, I, I, think, I think it was a work because, yeah, other man's fluid on his face, proof number one, and the fact that he did not, did not disrespect a true Canadian hero like Corey Haim. He disrespected a real Canadian hero like Bret Hart. You see the difference? When I never get hired, can I blame you? Sure. Use me as a reference. Montreal Theory is available now at MontrealTheory.com. Check us out on Facebook. Check the trailer out on YouTube. Digital download, DVD, two-disc set. He's Paul London. I am Joe Dombrowski. Hopefully I'll find Brian Kendrick somewhere here, and maybe, maybe he'll actually... You know what else happened in Montreal? What's that? Metallica, Guns N' Roses... Faith No More, huge riot. Do you remember that concert? Maybe I don't think that's on the DVD. Early, it's not. I don't think it is. Should be. That's a bad. That's a real Montreal conspiracy. I think we need a third disc. Maybe, but yeah, I think Axel did some weird stuff because Mike Patton did some weird stuff to his mic stand, and Faith No More is opening because Faith No More is better than both Metallica and Guns N' Roses, in my opinion. But hey. Don't shoot me. But anyways, a riot broke out, and they didn't offer any refunds. <laughs> and they canceled, they canceled the show. That sucks, I guess. Why Why are you? That's the end of my question. Why are you? Because I am. Because I am. And what is the Montreal Theory? Find out now at MontrealTheory.com. Hey, guys, we're back. Go check that out, Montreal Theory, that interesting uh, look at it through the eyes and mind of Paul London. He gives great back rubs, I understand. Uh, so a little bit from WrestleCon there. Uh, so that was that time where we <coughs> remember yeah, when. My bad. <laughs> this week, surprise, guys, because I didn't tell you in advance. Uh, it got me thinking when talking about uh, you know the Montreal area and everything and like those memories. Uh, what's your favorite memory that maybe isn't something that's WWE TNA, like maybe something from like a live event, uh, like an indie show, like, you know, so maybe a taping or something, but those, 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 those like moments that are like, is your big memory, but it's from something small. You know what I mean? Hmm. Think about that guys. Okay, as long as I don't go first, because I gotta think. Oh my god! <laughs> so, so wait, so it's like a indie thing. Yeah, yeah, or yeah. It can be something indie or major, but small and remember. 
Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like, like I would say, um, uh, okay, for instance, something that's like not indie for me would be the time that we went to a house show up in Elmira, New York, uh, and took uh, Missy's grandmother uh, nine rows back, and she really wanted to go at Ric Flair. You know, and, and them, like, you know, being that close and them actually messing with the crowd and everything was really cool to me and kind of a big thing. Um, but not something that's, like, on Raw or something like that. You know what I mean? It's not it's not a big Hulk Hogan moment or anything like that. Hmm. Or, take it around, I remember um, the incredible ladder match uh, Super Hentai and Troy Lords had, uh, I think a few months after I started going to... Uh, IWC, uh, probably one of the most brutal matches I've probably ever seen at the, at, at that point. Um, you know, one of those ladder matches that don't really have anything hanging there. You know, yeah, it's just um, use a ladder match. Like it's still like a really memorable match for me. And Riz, I think you were there at the time, right? Oh, was I there for that one? It was a November pain. No, I, I don't think I was there for that, but okay. I do remember hearing about it, and that and that was kind of. Or the time, because I, have, uh, I, I discovered this part again uh, because I was going through the Super Indie uh, stuff to post. Uh, but the time uh, Jimmy DeMarco used uh, uh, wheels as a foreign object to get oh, yeah. Necro Yeah, I, I do remember that. Yeah, I remember that. I remember, yeah. I remember people yelling at me for handing, handing a, a chair. To I think to Necro Butcher. So. Sorg, you turned heel that month. I, I apparently day, I turned heel. And you never recovered from <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I don't even know why it wasn't working that night. Uh, right, well, what about you, Wrestle fan? You kind of have. It, I, I actually have. Uh, I, I thought of one. Uh, it's, it's actually there's actually two, let's shut up. There's actually two, and it's from the same event. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was from when uh, uh, we all went to Chica- uh, my first ever and only uh, Chikara show mm-hmm. uh, in Cleveland, Ohio, in June oh, yeah. of 2010, I believe. Uh, there was a couple. There's a couple great. I mean, you know, Chikara is always awesome, and you know. Being there for the first time was really, you know, special for me. Uh, but uh, one of the big matches that was advertised on that card was uh, Tim Don's taking on uh, the uh, indie wrestling return of Brian Danielson, who had left WWE because of the whole him choking Justin Roberts thing and, you know, mm-hmm. all that stuff. And that was huge because for me, I was like, I'm never going to get to see Brian Danielson ever. You know, I live in Texas where, you know, there's some indie wrestling, but there's not a whole lot. And, you know, Brian would probably never come down here. And he got signed with WWE. So I'm like, oh, I'm never going to get to see him wrestle live. And I got to, like, by chance. And it was amazing. And we throw ties in the ring like they were streamers and sing the final countdown. Uh, and it was, and he had a phenomenal match with Tim Dons. And it was amazing. And I, I hold that memory sort of dearly. Uh, also on that same show, uh, I remember there was also a match. Uh, I think it was some sort of tag match. I can't remember exactly who else was in it. But one person that was in it was uh, Frightmare. And he did a dive to the outside uh, onto where our section was. Everyone had moved out of the way. But from the way he landed on his opponent, his, uh, he actually... I had a can of, I think, like Coke or Pepsi or something. And him landing on it, like, crushed it, like, flat. Like, dead flat. And it was amazing to me. I didn't even care. It was so awesome. Um, those are the ones I hold sort of dear. Excellent. Riz? Me? Um, let's see. I forget which Super Indie it was, um, but this was, I think, one of the last ones I went to, uh, even though I'm probably going to be here for be there for the 12th. Um, but it was Super Indie 9, and it was dedicated to Larry Sweeney. Mm-hmm. 
And at the very end of the sh- friend of the show, Larry, late, late friend of the show, Larry Sweeney. And at the very end of the show was probably one of the nicest things I've seen done. Not, not they, they, they tribute, they did a tribute to Sweeney the entire show and they ended it just with his sunglasses and the soup. Was it his sunglasses or just a super indie title in the ring? And every, and it, it, it just felt like, like, well, something like what, uh, Russell fan said, this was the last time or, or last time we're going to see much about Larry Sweeney, mm-hmm. even though he did go pass away a while ago. But this was one of those moments where everything just meshed together and his passing was so touching and moving. And you can actually feel the energy in that room during that one moment at the end of the show when everybody was leaving and everybody just stopped and started just like going nuts over Larry Sweeney. Mm. And that moment will like, will always be in my mind when I think of, you know, indie wrestling, IWC or wrestling in general, just that camaraderie between fan and wrestler. And that's, that's just what you get. And that's what I remember. Awesome. Tasha, do you have one? Um, probably at the gathering. Okay. Um, I don't even remember his name. The alpha male. Big black. My oh, my brown. Yeah. Um, and we, we would go to the uh, ringside early um, because there was this one spot where you were perfect, like in the corner of the ring and the entrance ramp, and you were close. You were close enough that you didn't really have to talk very loud for the guys in the ring to hear you. Mm-hmm. It is like in the middle of a field. It yeah. was elevated. It was. Yeah. Uh, it was an interesting setup. And you could say literally whatever you wanted mm-hmm. at a normal voice, and the guy, the wrestlers, would be able to hear you. Mm-hmm. And so for the entire weekend. We just went back and forth with uh, money, and he, he completely played along the entire time. It was amazing. Um, and, and that's, <laughs> and, and I think he says some wonderful things about your mother. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was pretty good. Oh, we kept calling him Booker T. No, it was all. Oh, that's mean. Like, like, the, 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 a lot of people were calling him Booker T all weekend Aww. too. So, uh, you know, I you know, miss you nobody knew what TNA was then, you know. So, um, but no, that was fun. I think it was one of the first times I saw him too. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, well, it was shortly after that that he showed up on TNA. Yeah, yeah, and then, um, the same thing with uh, Kid Cash. Yeah. Uh, we saw him there, and then a few weeks later, he showed up on TNA. Yeah, yeah. So, but he's been around a bit. So, yeah. But yeah. Uh, so thanks for that, guys. So let us know what's your uh, big moment. Uh, I know Alex Alex Cars. He says being in, at PWG in December for Joey Ryan's last match there, uh, and uh, Willie Max tribute show in October for his late father Foots. Um. The time, uh, Mad Mike says, the time Owen Hart winked and smiled at me and my sister at the house show uh, when he said, uh, you, 
when it, when she said, you stink, Owen. So, uh, that's um, awesome. That's awesome. So, there you go. So, let us know. Uh, hit us on Twitter, on Facebook, uh, Google, GoodTimesWrestlingMayhemShow.com. Good let, uh, let, us, let us know. What, what was your... Uh, uh, do, you, do you have kind of a small, big moment uh, to share with us? And with that, let's go to Mad Mike's Minute of Mayhem. Hey, hey Bob. Mayhemers, it's Mad Mike once again with your Minute of Mayhem. Okay, um, so TNA last week was a slightly, I guess, better show. Um, it's kind of odd that they didn't have any drama between Hogan's thing at all. They just came out like, I'm sorry, brother. I forgive you, brother. Showtime! That's basically it. Um, oh well. That could have been a nice little story, but whatever. Um, AJ Styles is still very emo and very depressing. And um, I'm still convinced that D'Lo Brown probably could have beaten Kurt Angle if he had his chest protector. Because, as we all know, that chest protector is... It's, it's illegal. But, man, does it, it's effective. Um... As far as Raw last night, <laughs> I'm actually really looking forward to Extreme Rules. The top three matches are really, really interesting. And WWE hasn't done that for me in a while. I guess I'm still coming off of a wrestling hangover from WrestleMania weekend. But, um, yeah, so the Raw three stars of the week. Third star goes to everyone involved in the World Heavyweight title match. Everyone. Zeb. Biggie, Ricardo, AJ, and of course the the three wrestlers, Swagger, Ziggler, and Del Rio. That match is going to be so much goddamn fun. It, it just seems like I, I can see everyone taking a ladder bump except for Zeb, obviously. But that match is just going to be so much damn fun to watch, and I can't wait for it. Um, second star goes to... Paulie, Paul Heyman, who helped fulfill a goal of mine that I was never able to accomplish when I worked at WWE, he gave me a tour of the corporate building. That was that was very nice of him. Um, but uh, Triple H, you need you need desks that looks like it, they they weren't purchased from IKEA. But you know, I mean, I, I do like that. Lesnar actually swung a sledgehammer the way you're supposed to sling one, though. And, uh, number one star, of course, of course, goes to Damien Sandow. You know, for someone who is given so little on the actual product, he makes it work. Although, this really isn't going to help people who think he's the new Lanny Poffo, because Lanny Poffo did rhymes and all sorts of things like that. Uh, but yeah, so that's it for the minute this week. Peace, bitches. Okay. All right, Mad Mike with his minute of mayhem, and I guess I do not like... Oh, it's you, Mad Mike, so I'll, I'll play this voicemail, and I think this is from the ongoing Russian controversy, from what I understand. Hey, guys. It's Mad Mike. Okay. 
thought I heard Riz talking shit just now. So I decided to leave my laptop, going to abandon conference room, and give him my Russian accent. Hey, hey, hey. Wrestling Mayhem Cool is Mad Mike and Fuck You Riz. Oh my god, it's Santa Claus. Mr. Russia, Mad Mike, Fuck You. Thanks for my iPhone. Peace, bitches. There you go. Guys, it's over? Santa called it in. Santa. Is it over? <laughs> so, God, Santa can join us. So, so there you go, Riz. Uh, with that, we go to uh, what's uh, becoming a growing segment here. The, uh, hmm, uh, the, I'm getting tweets. Uh, Bobby's got something for us. Uh, you're trying, you're unwashed trying masses. To say it what? You're oh, okay, to say it okay, you okay. Wrong. All right, so. First, you forget about me in the... Last segment. Oh, I'm Remember sorry. When? I didn't get mentioned at all. I'm sorry. Then you don't get my segment's name right. I got I got a lot of things going you know on what? here, Bobby. I, I'm sorry. I, it's a big show. Hey, 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 Bobby. You don't get fudge. Uh, you don't get Wookiee Cum Fudge, Sork. Anyways, uh, Bobby. I don't. There's Ewoks. Whatever. Yes. I got I got an idea for comments from the almond wash masses. See, I said it right, okay. so you have to listen to me. So, give me a dialect to tell. <laughs> this is going to be fun. Oh good god! Oh why why are we doing this? What? Go ahead. Why are we doing this? Shoot, shoot one out. Some sort of what? dialect. Any dialect. A dialect? Language. It's, it's a Southern. way someone talks. Southern? Southern. Like, from a country. Like? A different country. Um. From the deep south. Um. It's the deep, deep south. Mexico. Oh, God. <laughs> no, not. <clears throat> All right, I'll read the first one. No, and, I'm just, and, I'm just, no, I'm just going to do it. Oh, come on. I'm just going to do it. Come right. on. Uh, it's Bobby time for comments from the unwashed masses. Bobby just stopped that all your fun. <laughs> I don't want to offend anybody. Um, <laughs> what? Do you listen to the okay, show? The first one. Yeah. What? Paul. Uh, Paul Hayman, H A Y M A N, reminds me of an evil garden gnome. <laughs> okay. Nobody um, wants to hear my many dialogues. The next one. Everyone. Everyone, everyone, WWE is slowly going back to the Violet Attitude Era. V-I-O-L-E-T. The Violet? I love when the Attitude Era was purple. I guess purple. it was purple back then. Yes. Yes. And <laughs> this was in reference to Brock Lesnar destroying Triple H's fake office. If is your father's office, will you allow it? And then somebody underneath responds, dude, it ain't like they broke people. They can replace everything Brock broke easy. <laughs> and that is the comments from the Unwashed Masses. Oh, wait, we actually my. do have a tweet from the Unwashed Masses, which then, <laughs> oh, okay. which then goes from the ongoing, oh my god, why aren't we follow? why isn't anybody, everybody following Biggie Langston? <laughs> uh, I need to okay. get... On the show thing, let me find it here on a go go on. I'm gonna find it. All right. Um, so with that, let's get in our round table here. So uh, raw. I think there's a lot of stuff we can talk about. First of all, I wanted to uh, grow off of a uh, 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 Mad Mike's uh, uh, World Championship three way uh, ladder match. Holy shit! Uh, 
Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I like in this. Yes, it's going to be the best match. It almost should be the main event of the night, honestly. Um, and although it's going to be curtain jerker match of the night. That's what's going to happen, right? Yeah. Uh, I akin this to uh, the one year they had the TLC uh, three-way match with the Dudleys, Hardys, and Edge and Christian, where they all had somebody else come out. Lita, Rhino, and Spike Dudley. Yeah. Um, I see, like, that's what this match is going to be. Everything about, like, this entire setup I think is amazing. And I even I think see, I see, I see Zeb Coulter taking a little bit, too. He is yeah. a wrestler, guys. Mm-hmm. He's older, but I think he'll take a manageable mm-hmm. deal off of this. I uh, found the tweet. Okay, what is this uh, tweet? Speaking of Biggie Langston. <clears throat> this was a tweet to Biggie Langston. Okay. And don't worry, I'm not using my tongue of awesome. I'm just speaking in English. What? Oh, your accent. My accent. Oh. It is very thick. <laughs> but I am not using one right now. I hate you because you beat yourself on the outside of the ring and not in the interior. What? For which, for which Big E responded... It's illegal in public, weirdo. <laughs> what? And, and that, my friend, is why you should follow Biggie Langston. The more you know. All right. But, but, but anyways, uh, that ladder match, uh, the, the match we had last night, I, I think uh, showed how insane it's going to be. Dolph Ziggler is a goddamn god. <laughs> like I said, a G.I. Joe, like AJ it's said earlier in the in the fan comments. Fucking amazing. It, mm-hmm. It's just... I, I, that ladder so match much. is going to be awesome, and then it's going to divulge to awesome, awesome matches between Del Rio and Ziggler. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. Bobby. He also said he could sell water. He could sell water to a whale. Yes, yes, yeah. he did. So. And it, it's not often, <laughs> it's not often that the winner of a match is someone who isn't even in the match. Mm-hmm. And last night we saw that, and made me feel happy about Jack Swagger. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, he swung, he swung it, he swung the steel, a steel ladder, a ladder, like it was a baseball bat. Mm-hmm. And then Jack Swagger it, is one of the robots in, in Pacific Robot Rim. League. No, Pacific oh. Rim. That swings the ship, the battleship. Oh, yeah. The baseball bat. I still need to see that one. That's Jack Swagger. Jack Swagger. Jack Swagger. So, Not out yet. Um, I haven't seen the preview yet. I thought it'd be in front of Iron Man. Uh, holy swerve, Iron Man! By the way. Oh. Okay. Uh, anyways, spoilers. Um, <laughs> but no, no. Other than that, uh, I, I. Other than that, the, the other comment I have from last night is that was the worst fake office I've ever seen. Really, Triple H has an IKEA desk. <laughs> That whole—it doesn't even look like a good IKEA desk either. No, it didn't. No, it didn't. I mean, it I just like think cardboard. You get better hardware. I mean, I it think probably is. I think. I mean, it was like here's a closet over here. Um, also, I don't think I don't think WWE headquarters is all that big. Yeah. In the long run, it's four floors, but I don't think it's very big. So. Also, also, I that was really awesome that like, they were building to like this whole like oh Brock Lesnar invaded this place, this whole show and destroyed it, and you know employees in WWE uh, office are scared and they're you know well, the best they're, part they're was- intimidated, and then Triple H is just like I don't give <coughs> a shit. 
And on active, they had Matt Stryker saying, we're getting reports. My producer hands him a piece of paper off camera. Quotes from employees. I've never seen anything like it. Uh, I, it, it was a weird vibe at the <laughs> office. Uh, it was just, it was just like the way they built this thing was really weird. And then Triple H is just like, "This ring is my office. I'm a badass." Well, that's okay. That's the right well, response. No, it right? wasn't. He completely no sold the entire thing. Mm-hmm. He didn't give a fuck about the office. He didn't give a fuck about Brock Lesnar threatening his other employees. He just have fucking no sold it. Have you no. seen his table? Uh, I don't think he cares. Table wise, okay, but like Brock Lesnar was like almost like getting into fights with other employees, and he didn't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. He was just like, whatever. Wrestle fan, that's because you give a fuck. It's not the best... Uh, well, they the want best. us... They should want us to give a fuck. You're talking you know? about it. That's true. I know. Alright, let's about talk it, about but... the other problem. Uh, let's talk about the uh, Seamus bully problem that Wrestle fan continually had a problem mm-hmm. with. Um... You're right. He's a bully. Fuck you, Seamus. <laughs> Fuck you. But he's no different okay. than Hulk Hogan back in the day. I'm, I'm, I'm... Okay, yes. Hulk Hogan and Steve Austin did shit back in the day. But there's a difference between doing heel-ish stuff mm-hmm. and being a sore fucking loser. Nope, that's still Hulk Hogan. That's still, yeah. That, that was basically Hulk Hogan. Hulk, you know what Hulk Hogan did? He would go on and he would beat so-and-so in a match. And he would show that he was the better wrestler. What did he do? Whoa, 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 whoa. I take you back. I take you back, sir. Hold up. Royal Rumble, 1992. Mr. Hulk Hogan is in probably the Final Four and stuff. Gets eliminated legitimately by Sid Justice Mm -hmm. at the time. And goes nuts over it. To the point where he grabs Sid Justice by the arm and holds him and tries pulling him over the top and distracts him until somebody else eliminates him. Okay, yeah, that's fine. Okay, that's a sore that's, loser right there. Okay, I got another one for you. But Seamus has been such a frequent sore loser that it's getting fucking ridiculous. Okay, he, Mark Henry has beaten him up so many occasions. He was about to beat him in the tug of war. Mm-hmm. Legitimately beat him in the tug of war and Seamus was like, fuck this. And then he was—he beat him in the arm wrestling contest, and Sheamus was like, well, 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 you didn't beat me with the other arm. What, are you a chicken? And then he just fucking punched him without even trying. Fuck you, Sheamus. Haven't you seen... Okay, I'm going to take you back to a scenario, WrestleFan, and I hope you're not too young to know this one. Alright, remember uh, a certain uh, hero of time and space of uh, by the name of Marty McFly? I thought you were going to say Max Moon. Yeah. <laughs> he, I thought you were going to say Dr. He Who. always got himself in scuffles and got himself in trouble every time somebody called him a chicken. So in this case, in this case, Seamus is Biff Tannen and Mark Henry is Marty McFly, Michael J. Fox. That's fine. I'm, I'm perfectly fine with that, but I'm just saying I'm not cheering Seamus. Okay. Just fuck him. Then cheer for Mark Henry. Hey, everybody else is singing his theme song. Why not? Per- Did you see him walk out last night on Raw and look so sad because he kept getting fucking embarrassed by Sheamus? I feel bad for him. Maybe it's the Sheamus' heel turn. Maybe it's like, okay, all the bullies are going to get the Sheamus t-shirts. And, uh, you know, I mean, what's the difference between this and Stone Cold stunning everybody? What's between this and Orton Orton just just RKOing everybody under the sun and not giving a crap? Sorg, I want to hear Russell fans' difference because I want to speak it here. Go ahead. 
No, no, you can no, no, no. Say your, say your, say the difference. My point is that the difference is, you know, there's a point where you know there's a trading thing. You know, three weeks in a row, Sheamus has tried to do this to Mark Henry, and he's you know embarrassed him. You know, there's provocation, but you know, there's no, there was no provocation for like three weeks. Okay, my turn. All right, yeah. All right. WrestleMania, no, not WrestleMania. King of the Ring, nineteen ninety-eight, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Steve Austin loses to Kane. Okay. The next night, there is a big ceremony for Kane. Am yeah. I correct? Yeah, yeah. And 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 what happened? Who came out to the ring and attacked Kane? Stone Cold, Stone Cold, and it was because he was a sore loser. Mm-hmm. Okay, one day after the day after, one yeah. day, one, one. Day. I'm not saying it doesn't happen before. Two, the, from what I remember, that match was a first blood match, and Kane legitimately cheated to lose to win that match. From what I remember, didn't the Undertaker have some play in there where he caused Steve Austin to bleed? He's still From what I remember. I just want to know if Mark Henry created rock and roll. What? 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 Oh, <laughs> McFly. If he's Marty McFly. I got you. I got you, Bobby. I got you. I got you. But yeah, sore loser, sore, sore loser faces have been in the business a long time. Yeah, I'm not saying they haven't. You're just mad because mm. it's Seamus going up again with one of your favorite wrestlers. That's not true at all. I think I think you're upset you- because it's another case of of the ultra white guy getting over in the black band. No. Why would I care about oh. that? Oh, uh, you know, okay, then you don't care about these causes so, and these so, issues of So of, what of you're society. saying is you don't care about, you know, what's going on. Because that's what I see. Hey, look what at Randy Orton with the wrong? chili. Randy Orton with the chili. What? Remember he poured chili on uh, R- R- Ricardo Rodriguez? Oh. That was a bully move. That was yeah, it was. That was when they were feuding was, with the, with he was feuding with Alberto, that was assault and maybe life threatening. Yeah, it was also it was also because Alberto Del Rio was doing all this shitty things and Ricardo oh, was shaking oh, the. Remember when court. Stone Cold took, went out in a beer truck and sprayed everybody with beer? Mm-hmm. Oh, how about was Kurt Angle? How about Kurt Angle driving a milk truck and spit and shooting out milk at everybody? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. I never said it doesn't. That was happen. hilarious. You know what? It's face doing you know heel stuff. You know what? Bugs Bunny was kind of a dick. Everybody mm-hmm. is. Every cartoon. He took a turn in Albuquerque. Every character you look up looked up to was kind of a dick. Yeah, that's fine. But what I'm saying is that mm-hmm. you know, not famous. It might, it yeah, for, there, there we go. go. There we go. That's the that's the point of it. You yeah, exactly. Because he's doing shitty things, and I'm seeing him do shitty things, so I'm going to do him. It, it, would this would this even be an issue if he wasn't in the middle of a be a star commercial talking about how he's a fat kid and got? Picked? That's the thing. That's the thing. They trolled us because oh, they played they the be a star us. commercial before <laughs> the no, statement. No, no they trolled Russell fan. It sounds like they troll. Okay, it's not just me that thinks this. Okay, there's plenty of people that agree. Let me guess. Let me guess. That Seamus is a fucking piece of shit. Okay. 
Morality plays in wrestling, ladies and gentlemen. That's the big issue of the day, apparently. Wow. Uh, with that, uh, <laughs> and wow. I did all that in my Swedish accent. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, those wow. Going, all right, what do you guys think about? Finally, I can't believe it took them that, that, so long. They're finally capitalizing on this uh, "Dances with the Stars" gimmick with uh, Fandango and Chris Jericho. Hmm. Mm. There'll be some media coverage. Wrong, wrong maybe, show. Maybe, maybe Jericho it. can huh. like trip Fandango, and and then he'll be a heel or something. I forgot where I saw or it from. Or be a bully like, or something. And, and yeah, Jericho's kind of a bully. Well, no, I, for, I, I forgot where I, I saw it from, but someone's mentioned like it's gonna that dance thing tomorrow, that next week. It's gonna end with Jericho like pantsing Fandango. It's gonna like, end with Kali winning. Yes. Yeah. Thank and, you, and Riz, Riz, are you happy that we're getting uh, a look into the life of a domesticated great collie? Yes. Excellent. You know, you, fun fact: they said it on WWE. He once was a police officer in yeah. India, and that's also, true. and also, I actually looked this up on Wikipedia. <laughs> no, because that's always true. Mm-hmm. While filming a movie. He did actually kill a man. <laughs> Shit. I think I think Riz wants uh, Kali to arrest him. You know. Wow. All right, guys, let's wrap it up. I did, hey, guess what? Didn't that did that in my Punjab voice? Guys, what'd you learn from wrestling this week? Re- the wrestle fan. I learned that Damian Sandow is the fucking greatest. Oh man! How quick they put that together. <laughs> So those that don't know, uh, Sandow came out and gave his own version of Randy Orton's theme song. Uh, the best part is that the lyrics are 100% true. And then, and then somebody actually went, was, and before Raw was over, this is about halfway yeah, through was, Raw, mind you, yeah. put it together to, yeah. to music. Keep in mind, Raw's three hours, though. Yeah, that's true, but it was like an hour and a half. So. The beginning of Raw. Let me, let, me, let me recite this thing to you. No. I'll do it in my no, 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 singing no, voice. No, 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 no. You, no. Uh, go check no. it out. Go check. You, you, you can't. No, you can't. You're not the man of a thousand and four dialects, sir. That's right. I am. Bobby F. J. Town, what did you learn from wrestling this week? <laughs> I learned that Damian Sandow is a saint and should be worshipped. And I learned that Antonio Cesaro is the same and should be put on a pedestal. I'm there. I'm there. I'm here. Both are great men. <laughs> Hi, Chachi. And, and, and Cesaro won. Yes. Yes, he did. Chachi, what did you learn? Chachi, what did you learn? Actually, I learned that uh, John Cena, the prototype, was in Ready to Rumble. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Was you know no, I was unaware of this fact. Uh, he was part of the power plant back then, wasn't he? I think so. Yeah, yeah so... We were watching it before the shows, and... Uh, wife of the show, Missy, actually pointed it out. Mm -hmm. Sorg had left the room and we were watching it still. And, uh, well, to be fair, I was the one who put it on. Um, But uh, she was like, wait, who was that? And and I went back to see, and yeah, sure enough. Prototype. Yeah. There you go. Riz, wait, Riz, did you learn something? I did learn something. Okay. Um, Sorg, I, I apologize to you. I I did not know the awesomeness of WWE active. Yes. Until I listened to one of the best moments in all of Raw last night. And what I learned 
is that the reason Mark Henry came out to their ring was to do Michael Cole. What? That was straight from the mouth of Michael Cole. <laughs> and and the, the best part about that whole thing that happened, when he said, when he said the, the part where he goes, Mark Henry wants to do me. The, the JBL in a second did the exact same thing, Sorg. He just looks at he just looked at Michael Cole and went, "What did you just say?" And at the end of in, at the end of the uh, active part of the show, JBL re- reiterates that maybe Mark Henry will do him. <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> right, am I right, guys? Wow. I, I, I wasn't. You saw me. Whoever was in the hangout with me, Sorg, uh, Bobby, Russell fan. At that moment, I lost it. Am I correct? Mm-hmm. It, it, it mm-hmm. was. It was brilliant. It was, it was brilliantly crappy, but it was brilliant. So that's. What I learned Michael Cole wants to be done by Mark Henry. And or vice versa. Mm-hmm. All right, and I learned uh, that ropes are not necessary to have a good match. <laughs> At least not all of them. So that's good to see. Uh, from the chat room, <laughs> uh, Alex Cars learned that El Gran Azul will have to start sending voicemails to show you how it's done. And I learned that neither Riz nor Russell Fan can do convincing accents. But that was that was one before the other. But. Uh, Mad Mike learned that Wrestlers of the World is the greatest song about wrestling in the history of songs. Gonna, I haven't listened to that yet, but I'll go check that out. So, thanks, guys. It's been the Wrestling Mayhem Show. Thanks. Go check out Mad Mad Dogs, Midgets, and Screwjobs on uh, Amazon and wherever finer books are sold. Uh, and uh, and despite the t- the title, it is actually safe for work. Yes, yes, exactly. Um, and uh, yeah, thanks for that. And uh, WrestleFan, thanks for being here. I'm gonna do a search. <laughs> okay, Josh, thanks for being here. Well, too. Thank you for having me. I'm gonna do a search on porn sites to see if I can find a video <laughs> that has that title. <laughs> you got good odds, Bobby FJ Town on Twitter at the Eras <laughs> at the WrestleFan at Shashi says at Sorgatron is me. <laughs> That was weird. WrestlingMamShow.com, iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, Blip TV, Roku, YouTube. Hey, Riz. Drop a slide at. Thanks for being you. Good times at WrestlingMamShow.com. 412-206-WMS0. WMS Gold on your iOS and Amazon app stores. Guys. I missed you, WrestleFan. I missed you, WrestleFan. Shut up, WrestleFan. Thank you for being a Let Sword finish the show! Sword likes Golden Girls! <laughs> is, the, is the show over? Everyone likes Golden Girls. Mayhem out! <laughs> Fuck you! Mayhem out! <laughs> just wait, just wait, just wait, just wait, just wait.